Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. Thank you again for listening and downloading, and there's a lot of great fly fishing podcasts out there, and I anticipate and expect that you listen to more of them, uh, but I do appreciate you adding the 10, 15, 20 minutes it takes to listen to this one to your podcast schedule. I'm recording this on the second day of spring, um, and so I think it's incredibly pertinent both for its timeliness uh, this time of year, but also as a primer for something that can hopefully be helpful to you as you move on in the fly fishing season. And today we're going to talk about five thoughts for streamers on small streams. So it kind of sounds like a tongue twister, five thoughts for streamers on small streams. Um, oftentimes when we think of small streams, we don't think of throwing big flies and that's true. You don't throw an 8-inch or a 9-inch articulated streamer on a small spring creek or a little mountain brook trout stream. But you definitely can fish streamers, and for a few good reasons. Uh, a couple reasons are, one, as I mentioned, early season, if the water's high from runoff, if you're up in a higher elevation and there's a lot of water coming through because of the snowmelt, then a fly like this gives your fly a better chance of being seen by fish and it also is a little bit easier to control, especially if there's a lot of plunge pools. Also, um, if it's early in the season, those fish are going to be looking for something big and meaty potentially if they've been laying low, and uh, so that gives you a good opportunity at a larger fish. And really, that's one of the great reasons for fishing streamers on small streams. If you fish like I often do, which is you know little dry flies and sometimes uh, heavy nips to probe the deeper pools, you can get into bigger fish. But if you can approach a small stream with a little bit of a modified streamer tactic, then you can get into those bigger trout. A bigger trout might only be 10 or 12 or 14 inches, but of course everything is relative. And as long as you're content with that, as long as you're content with the biggest fish in the stream um, being a trophy, then this might be a tactic that you really 
uh, would enjoy. But again, this isn't just a springtime tactic. This is something you can use all year long um, to get at fish you might not ordinarily get out. Um, as a bit of a side, you know, you can have a lot of fun just fishing a big puffy dry fly. Um, East coast, west coast, all over the place. Brook trout, cutthroats, rainbows, you name it. You can throw a big puffy dry fly and catch all sorts of fish all day long. And that might be good enough for you. But if you want to switch it up and maybe get at different fish than if you're fishing the same stream over and over again that you're getting to if you're just fishing a dry fly, then this would be a way to switch that up. Not just to get at a bigger fish, but really to get at different fish. Fish orient themselves to the top or to the bottom. I fully believe that. That isn't to say that there's fish that will only chase streamers and nymphs and only chase dry flies, but I do believe that fish do have some sort of a proclivity to um, certain types of feeding. I've noticed that before. I've been in Spring Creeks in Pennsylvania where there's certain fish I know, no matter what size they are, they're going to be looking for things up top and vice versa. And uh, there's genetics that have to do with it. I think there's also just a, um, a, a nurture kind of thing, what, they, what they're used to. But um, using a streamer can get to uh, not just bigger fish, but different fish than you uh, would normally see if you were just fishing dry flies. Well, anyway, to get to these five uh, things that you can think about when it comes to fishing streamers on small streams, the first thing is, is terminal tackle. You might like a two or a three weight uh, for fishing those tiny dry flies and the occasional uh, nymph. What I would suggest is getting into something stouter. If you know you're going to fish streamers, or even if you think that you might be fishing streamers, then jump up to a four or even a five weight, and you say, that's way too much rod for this stream. Well, this is where something like fiberglass, or if you have bamboo, uh, really can be beneficial. Um, I have a five weight fiberglass rod that it is a little bit more sturdy, and it allows me to push those flies where I need them to be, even if they have a bead head and some wrapped weight, or even maybe a cone head or something like that. And we're talking not not enormous flies, but you know maybe size six or eight um, when it comes to to flies. That's a lot bigger than you would expect on some of these really small streams. So fiberglass is a great way to kind of compromise, still get that feel where a, a 10 or an 8 inch fish is going to bend your rod, um, but you're going to have a little bit more backbone for um, your cast where you're really going to have to put something behind it to get it accurately where you want it. Let's, I mean, let's be clear, with that 2 or 3 weight, you can cast a, a size 8 woolly bugger or, or another fly like that, a, a mini slump bust or something to that effect. But is it going to be accurate? Is it going to be a cast you can make with a tight loop? And these are things to consider when you're in an environment, especially those high mountain, high gradient streams, where you're going to have a lot of tree cover, where you're going to want something where you're not just able to do it, but you're able to do it well. And that's why a little bit heavier rod, whether it be a stiffer four or a softer five, uh, where you can make those tighter loops so that you have the line control that you need, not just for accuracy, but as I've said before, for back cast accuracy, so you're not always up in the trees. I think we sometimes take for granted when we fish on open water, um, the flexibility we have when we're making casts with heavier flies that sometimes allow for um, bigger loops on our cast and even maybe a little sloppiness and, and a tailing loop every now and again. Um, but you don't have that luxury when you're uh, in a tighter confines of a mountain trout stream. Uh, 
So again, jumping up to a four or a five, if you're usually on a two or three, can be can be beneficial. That's the first thing. The second thing is streamers that are a little bit smaller than you're used to. You look at a normal streamer box, and the smallest flies you see might be uh, size uh, six. Well, if you get to a smaller stream, and whether that's a, a spring creek that's you know 10 to, to 20 feet wide, or just your traditional uh, mountain trout stream, or even just a, a, uh, a feeder creek to a larger river, then that's going to probably be the biggest fly you want to throw. Now, are there going to be uh, outliers to this? Absolutely. I've caught some enormous fish um, in really, really small spring creeks, um, but that's just because they were kind of special environments. Uh, they, they really catered to larger fish. They had really deep holes, and so the width of the creek really wasn't indicative of the carrying capacity. Uh, that is to say, the the depth of the water, the richness of the food source allowed for much bigger fish to grow. But again, that was a little bit of an outlier, kind of some famous waters that, that produce big fish, but you're not going to find that all the time. So a size six is a big fly on a small stream. Um, and but you can fish eights, you can six sixes. You know, if you you can fish really any size fly you want, but don't feel like you have to throw the same flies that you throw on your bigger water, on your larger rivers, uh, that on these smaller rivers. And almost as important is what is going into the streamer. Personally, when it gets to smaller water, I really cut down on flash, and I really focus on movement. Uh, not a lot of flash, only a few strips of um, tinsel or crystal flash or something like that on the, each side of the fly. I really want a lot more flow in the fly. Uh, so something like marabou becomes very, very vital, especially in the body. Uh, stringy hackle uh, in, in the wraps, if it's something that's palmered or if it has a couple of feathers coming off the back. And then the head is some, you know, maybe some deer hair or, or maybe something thicker. Because um, oftentimes, especially in spring creeks, you're talking about sculpins. And in the smaller streams, you're talking about juvenile trout or other bait fish like dace and things like that. But again, especially in spring creeks, I don't go for a lot of flash. I go for a lot of movement. And I would say the same thing is true in a lot of the mountain streams. Um, but this is, is a, another thing to consider which is these smaller waters that might not have a lot of flow, whether it be a pool of a mountain stream or the slower kind of churning water of a spring creek, you're going to want weight in the fly. That's going to start making it difficult to cast, but you're balancing how much weight you, you need in that fly so it can sink on its own in slower water versus a fly that's too heavy that casting it is difficult or casting it gently on a reasonable rod size like we talked about earlier a four or a five isn't going to lead to a really loud splash and a really jerky cast so you can see there's there's kind of a, a sweet spot that you can find with your fly versus your water versus your rod rod and how that all kind of comes together it's it's there's no perfect formula it's a lot of trial and error but you'll you'll find what that is uh, a fly that is heavy enough that it can sink not make a lot of noise and be castable with the rod that you use so the third thing is actually a third and fourth thing, which is that you are going to need to cast in a totally opposite way than you're used to casting, and you're going to have to have a lot of slack in your line, a lot more than you're used to. And this is more of a technique that's optional, but you think about a small stream. 
again, whether it be spring creeks or, or mountain trout streams or even a small freestone stream, something that's maybe 15 feet across, you're not going to be making casts across the creek and stripping them back to you because that's essentially a flip of your, your rod tip and then pulling it, it back about a rod length. That's just not very reasonable. This is a technique I've used to great success um, in all sorts of waters all over the country that I think is definitely worth giving a try. It might not be perfect. You might hate it. You might not think it feels like fly fishing, but I've, I've found it to be very effective. And this is what it looks like. Imagine you're standing on the bank and the stream is flowing from your right to your left. You should have some slack in your left hand, maybe 10 to 20 feet. You're going to do a gentle lob cast downstream, so to your left, and you're going to allow that fly to work either the weed edge or the stream bank or just the cut in the current, and you're going to jig it while maintaining some control with your line hand. You're going to allow your dancing of your rod tip to let that fly strip line out. So you're working the fly, maintaining line control, but also allowing line to come through your guides and out your rod tip, therefore extending your drift. But you're allowing that fly to be the mover in the equation. You're not uh, letting line out kind of mechanically with your line hand. You're letting the fly dance and bob and weave through that strike zone and letting line out gently while maintaining control. That way, if there is a strike, and you will get strikes as the thing's going down through the first time, it's looking like a dying bait fish because it's probably going back and forth. Um, anytime you do something like this, the fly's head's probably going to jerk both upstream and downstream. So you will get strikes in this manner. So say it's a 20 to 25 foot drift. Now what you do when you hit the end of your drift is you put your rod tip down, if not in the water, real close to the water, and then you work it with those short strips. And you can try to work it incredibly slowly to keep it, like if it's underneath a weed bed in a spring creek, then do that. Or if you're working through a deep run in a uh, mountain trout stream, then you can try to keep as close to that undercut bake as possible. And when you get to spots that look fishy, whether there's a root ball or whether it just gets really dark and you know that there's something going on there, then you can just let it die and drift. And I've gotten strikes in every one of these different scenarios. The pulling of the, the fly, the twitching of the fly, the letting the fly die, the letting the fly turn its head back downstream and then quickly turning it back upstream. But just like your normal streamer game, you can kind of shrink that down and, and think of um, this 20-foot run downstream of you as a little bit of a microcosm of uh, just streamer fishing. So I found that to be a really effective method, and I also feel like I'm fishing the water really well. If I can make that presentation two or three times and nothing happens, I either spook the fish or there's not a fish that's going to take the streamer in that run. So I'm confident that I can move downstream and start over again, or jump upstream and about another 25, 30 feet and, and do the same technique. You might not like it. It might feel too much like, uh, like jigging uh, and not fly fishing, but you're able to get into some some fish and to some spots you wouldn't be able to really get with nymphing or even fishing a streamer traditionally by just casting and uh, either swinging or or drifting and stripping
And here's the last thing. Uh, so the, the first one, if we go back, is uh, to use a rod and some tackle that's a little heavier than usual. Secondly, using streamers that are a little bit smaller and maybe even a little bit constructed differently than you're used to. And then third and fourth, cast downstream as opposed to across or upstream and having slack in your line more than, than you're used to. And lastly is get ready to catch bigger fish. And this isn't really a tip so much as going back to what I said at the beginning, um, you'll be surprised what lives in small streams. You'll be surprised what lives in the small streams that you have been fishing for years if you've not been fishing bigger streamers. You know, it's not going to be 20 inch brook trout. Um, it's not going to be, you know, 10 pound fish uh, in, in a spring creek. Um, but you'll probably find fish that are a little bit burlier, bigger shoulders, a little bit angrier, a little bit older, um, and, and a little bit bigger than you're used to. If you've had that experience, you kind of know and, and understand what that's like you get into fish that you haven't seen before. So it's it's really worth, I would say, considering giving it a shot. Fishing a small stream with a little bit heavier rod and a streamer that's not the same kind of monstrosity you'd be throwing on a big tailwater or a large river, but as a bit of a change of pace, targeting different fish, targeting different spots than you're used to on waters that you might fish a lot, consider these five thoughts for streamers on small streams. Today's recommendation is a book that I've had uh, a few times. I had a copy when I was younger and I gave it away to somebody and I now have another copy and it's On the Trout Stream with Joe Humphreys. Joe Humphreys was the uh, man behind the Pennsylvania State University PSU Fly Fishing Club for a number of years after George Harvey. And uh, this book is just a real treasure trove of techniques. It does a fantastic job of not only explaining what you should be doing, whether it be casting, approaching the water or mending line but also showing pictures with sometimes with illustrations arrows and, and pointers and things like that uh, you can get a lot of this information on youtube but depending on the way you learn and the way that you remember information sometimes having a, a four plate image of the mechanics of a cast can be a, a better way to kind of calcify in your mind what you should be doing if you're making a tuck cast or a parachute cast. Um, having the uh, drawing in front of you of where the fish lies are and so where you should approach can be better than watching somebody do it in, in real time. One of the things I think that we get distracted of with, with moving imagery or with watching something live is the fact that we're watching everything. A photograph allows us to see an encapsulation of what someone's trying to communicate to us. So again, this book is called On the Trout Stream with Joe Humphreys. It is published by Stackpole. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. And it is, again, some of the, the best uh, examples of uh, illustrated, and by that I mean often photographs, but also you know, real illustrations of uh, approaching the water, making casts, and uh, thinking about where you position yourself and where you position your fly to come in contact with fish. And it's peppered with just all sorts of other helpful anecdotes and uh, fly fishing techniques from one of the best from a place that has a long-standing tradition of uh, churning out fly fishing educators.
Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast in iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. Mm-hmm.